Zara, I am so excited to talk about today's sponsor. It's the new film, Challenges. It's from the director of Call Me By Your Name, Luca Guadagnino, and stars and is produced by none other than our girl Zendaya. Yeah, you know I love her. You love her too. I love her so much. Zendaya plays Tashi Duncan, a former tennis prodigy turned coach who is married to a Grand Slam champion, currently on a losing streak. And if that's not bad enough, Tashi's strategy to help her husband break his curse sort of takes a surprising and awkward turn. Hmm, awkward indeed. Because now he must face off against his former best friend and Tashi's ex-boyfriend, Patrick. Zara, the tensions are running high. I know. Tashi's someone who makes no apologies for her game on and off the court. It's her game, her rules, but with her past and present colliding, Tashi must face reality and ask herself, what will it cost to win? Challenges is the sexy drama that everyone's talking about and it's definitely not one you want to miss. It's about passion, friendship and what happens when your past comes back to challenge you. You can grab a ticket from Tuesday the 26th. So grab your friends and get excited. I will be grabbing you and we are definitely going to be going to watch it. Oh, please. Thank you so much to Challenges for making this episode of Shameless possible. Olivia Jade was the ultimate aspirational Gen Zer, the daughter of an actress and multi-millionaire entrepreneur, and an influencer with millions of followers to her name. She kind of had it all. That is, until the US Department of Justice came knocking. Welcome to Scandal from Shameless Podcast, the stories of the biggest celebrity controversies revisited. Hello, Zara McDonald. Hello, Michelle Andrews. We are back for part two. We are. What did we cover in episode one? Look, we opened last episode by talking a lot about Laurie Lachlan and Mossimo Giannulli and how they sort of got together, they got married, they had two daughters, Bella and Olivia, and they lived quite a cushy life. They were 100 millionaires. Yeah, Mossimo had his fashion line that he sold to Target for the hundreds, in the $100 million mm. kind of, <laughs> you know. You got there. I, I actually didn't even get there at all. Anyway, by the time that Olivia was a teenager, she carved out quite the career for herself as an influencer. Yeah. In order to get Olivia into her chosen college of USC, Laurie and Mossimo enlisted the help of a guy named Rick Singer. And it wasn't the first time they did it, Zara. They had actually done exactly that already for their first daughter, Bella. Now, of course, Rick Singer owned a business called The Key. He branded himself as a bit of a college counsellor slash life coach, but he certainly had some shady tactics. Yeah, I mean, he considered what he did to be the side door into college. The front door, of course, on merit, the back door being big whopping donations of tens of million dollars. And the side door was what Rick Singer employed to get kids into their chosen college. And that was by, in many ways, Bending the truth Mm -hmm. lots of times. Breaking the truth sometimes. Breaking the truth, (laughs) all out cheating. And lo and behold, Bella and Olivia became star rowers. Star coxswains. Coxswains and got into college, got into USA. They did. And they weren't the only ones to do it. There was actually a whole network of rich college kids who used Rick Singer and the key and therefore the side door into college. But Zara, this scheme... This ultimate example of Nepo Babies Gone Wild was about to unravel 
So we're going to talk about exactly that. And to do it, we need to rewind back to 2018. Alrighty, Mitch. So I imagine a lot of our listeners are wondering, okay, well, how did this fall apart? Like, where did it start? Now, it happened to be that it was a completely different investigation that actually opened the door to what became the biggest college admission scandal in US history. I love this detail. I had no idea about this before we started researching alongside Eilish. Yeah, exactly. So it was actually this Los Angeles financier guy called Maury Tobin who tipped off authorities to the scam. Now, you might be wondering, well, why did Maury want to do that? Well, Maury was under investigation himself. He was under investigation for an unreliable related and alleged pump and dump scheme. Now, we don't know exactly when this was, but judging from reports, it can be estimated that it was around April, May 2018. Yeah, here's what the New York Post reported. In a bid for mercy, the Yale grad, as in Maury Tobin, told investigators that Rudolph Rudy Meredith, who was the head women's soccer coach at the Ivy League school, solicited $450,000 from him in exchange for recommending his daughter for admission as an athletic recruit, a source told the Wall Street Journal. So let's kind of unpack exactly what's happening there. Maury Tobin apparently spoke to someone called Rudy Meredith, who was the head women's soccer coach, and they struck a deal for 450 grand to find a way for this daughter to get into college. Yeah, and now that Maury was under investigation himself for something related to fraud, he sort of tipped off investigators in a way that was, well, maybe don't look at me, yes. look elsewhere. Maury then agreed to wear a wire while meeting with Rudy, the soccer coach in Boston, who, once made aware of the new investigation, also agreed to cooperate. So you've now got two people. <laughs> once Rudy was involved, he led investigators directly to the key and to Rick Singer. So there was a few steps, but they got there. Yeah, we've also got, I've got to say, a few similar names going on here. We've got Rudy, Maury, and now Rick. <laughs> Sounds like we're in a story 70 years ago. <laughs> Rick also agreed to cooperate with the authorities. However, according to FBI agents working on the case, he wanted to cooperate, but he didn't want to lie down while doing it. He wasn't ready to take full responsibility for the scope of his own involvement. As per the Netflix documentary Operation Varsity Blues, Rick Singer told FBI agents that the payments he and his clients made to university athletic programs were donations. They informed him that a payment for recruiting a fake student athlete to an athletic team is illegal. <laughs> <laughs> so, as part of the investigation, Rick agreed to record phone calls with other individuals involved in the scheme. So, in these phone calls, what Rick would do is he would tell his clients or associates that the IRS was auditing the key. And so what he wanted to do was get them to admit over the phone that they had been involved in it all. So basically how it worked was Rick would call and say, oh, I'm being audited by the IRS. If they talk to you, just don't say anything about paying $10,000 for someone to retake the test for your kid. And then if the parents responded as if they knew exactly what he was talking about, which they obviously did, <laughs> they were then implicated in the crime. It's so funny. Maybe I'm just stupid. I don't think I'd think of this if I was like an investigator. It's quite <laughs> clever the way that they snare these people into well, admitting guilt. Well, I think it's probably why we do this and <laughs> they do that because I agree with you. I was like, oh, that's a really easy way to get people straight away to admit that they're part of this. Now, 
all up, Rick recorded 34 phone calls to his clients under the direction of the FBI. That's quite a few. It's quite a few. As per CNN, many parents freely admitted to knowledge of the scam and some even said that they had used the charitable donation as a write-off on their taxes. <laughs> Jesus. In one November 29 call, Rick Singer told Augustin Hunias, a Napa vineyard owner, that he was not going to tell the IRS about Hunias's $50,000 payment to cheat on his daughter's SATs. Singer said he wanted to make sure they were on the same page and that the money went to undeserved kids, the complaint states. Dude, 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 what do you think? I'm a moron, Hanias said, according to the complaint. (laughs) Now, things got even more complicated, though. When Rick tried to let some parents know that his calls were being monitored, I just, you know, I don't think I'd be the best criminal in the world. But if I knew the FBI was tracking me and that I was cooperating with them... Well, you're cooperating to get yourself a more lenient deal. You can't then also try to help out your mates. As per CNN, Rick Singer later admitted during his court hearing that he had told the father of one prospective candidate he was wearing a wire and that they shouldn't say anything illegal. You haven't done anything wrong yet, so please don't say anything that would be harmful to you guys because you haven't done anything which was absolutely illegal, Rick Singer said. Rick Singer obstructed justice with at least six families who had either taken part in the scam or were planning planning to do it, <laughs> prosecutors say. So he's just implicating himself left, right and centre. I've got to admit, though, I find it kind of endearing that he's trying to say. It's like trying to wink three times, like, don't say anything. It's stupid, but yeah, it's a funny one. The final call that Rick made under FBI supervision occurred just a week before the press conference that announced the investigation to the world. This phone call was to a guy named Stephen Sempervivo, a sales executive in Los Angeles, whose son had been accepted into Georgetown University as a star tennis player. Of course, spoiler alert, he was not (laughs) a star tennis player. Yeah, and so on March 13, 2019, the US Department of Justice held a press conference announcing the investigation and the charges. Here's a snippet from that. And just a note, the audio quality isn't amazing, but we really wanted to play it for you anyway. We're here today to announce charges in the largest college admissions scam ever prosecuted by the Department of Justice. We've charged 50 people nationwide with participating in a conspiracy that involved first cheating on college entrance exams, meaning the SAT and the ACT, and second, securing admission to elite colleges by bribing coaches at those schools to accept certain students under false pretenses. Yikes. As per The Guardian at the time, US federal prosecutors have charged the Hollywood actors Felicity Huffman and Laurie Loughlin, along with almost 50 other people, over a $25 million scheme to help wealthy Americans buy their children's way into elite universities, including Yale, Georgetown, Stanford and the University of Southern California. So, yes, Laurie Lachlan wasn't the only celebrity involved in this scheme. Before we get to the world's reaction to this scandal, let's dive into the allegations against ex-Desperate Housewives star Felicity Huffman. Please. All right. So around March 2018, so a year before that press conference you guys just heard a snippet of, Rick Singer had met with Felicity Huffman and her famous husband, the actor William H. Macy, You won't recognise the name. You will absolutely recognise the face. They met in their Los Angeles home to discuss college admissions options for their teenage daughter, Sophia. 
Yes. Now, at this meeting, Rick allegedly explained to Felicity and William that he could arrange for Sophia's SAT proctor, so otherwise known as like a test supervisor, to secretly correct her wrong answers and improve her overall (laughs) test score, as per the New York Times. Following Mr Singer's instructions, Miss Huffman had her daughter seek permission to get extra time on the SAT, an option available to students with learning disabilities or other needs. Once she received the permission, Mr Singer instructed Miss Huffman to have her daughter take the test in December 2017 with a proctor who was in on the scheme. It went on. At first, when it appeared that a different proctor from her daughter's own high school would be involved, (laughs) Miss Huffman emailed Mr. Singer. I don't know if I got that out. I think it's more rot roll. It's R-U-H-R-O. How would you guys say? It sounds like... Yeah, like... Yeah, exactly. They soon got the plan back on track by using another test site where, (laughs) according to the complaint, the crooked proctor would be present. Dare I say I find this more offensive than kids posing on ergo machines or erg machines? Yeah, I agree. And I think we'll probably talk about this at the end of the episode, but like the sliding scale of fault here... (laughs) And I guess illegality, (laughs) like where do you sit with it? Now, Felicity and William made a $15,000 donation to the key, ostensibly to, and I quote, help underrepresented kids attend college. (laughs) Now, obviously, this money ended up going to the dodgy proctor and Rick Singer himself. Yeah. As per the indictment released by the FBI, Sophia received a significantly higher score on her SAT when compared to all of her previous tests that she had taken without the dodgy proctor. The New York Times reported at the time that it wasn't clear whether or not Sophia knew about the scheme. Allegedly, her parents, Felicity and William, also spoke to Rick Singer about working with him on their younger daughter's college applications as well, but none of that really eventuated by the time that this was broken to the world and everyone learned about what was going on, Zara. Yes, exactly. Now, in the indictment released in March 2019, Felicity was charged with conspiracy to commit mail fraud and honest services mail fraud, which is just a mouthful. Her (laughs) husband, William, was not charged at all, and the reason for this is not completely clear. As per the New York Times, neither the complaint nor prosecutor's statements explained why Willa Macy was not charged, though it is possible that prosecutors believed they did not have enough evidence to charge him. In the emails and recorded telephone conversations quoted in the complaint, Mr. Macy is a direct participant only in conversations regarding the aborted plan, not the one that was carried to fruition and resulted in the $15,000 payment. Interesting. Felicity Huffman appeared in court soon after the indictment was released and was ultimately released on a 250 grand bond awaiting trial. So let's now talk about how the public responded to this when it broke because it was absolutely massive. Gosh, I remember this so much. The scam sparked a huge and much needed conversation about the college admission system in America and how it was always skewed so unfairly towards wealthy people. I think a lot of people who don't live in America were probably quite interested in how this system works Mm. as per the New York Times. The charges have also underscored how college admissions have become so cutthroat and competitive that some have sought to break the rules. The authorities say the parents of some of the nation's wealthiest and most privileged students sought to buy spots for their children at top universities, not only by cheating the system, but by potentially cheating other hardworking students out of a chance at a college education. Sums it up so well. Writer Anna North also wrote a piece called What the College Admission Scandal Reveals About the Psychology of Wealth in America. She wrote that for Vox. And that was also a really interesting explanation 
of why wealthy parents were so desperate and so prepared to pay huge amounts of money to Rick Singer and why they were so keen to cheat their way or cheat their children's way into school. It read, college isn't just about getting a job. Money is but a small part of class and privilege in America. Another big part of that is belonging to the right clubs, knowing the right things to do when you go to a restaurant, knowing the right kinds of restaurants to go to, having read the right kinds of books. And education is a marker of all sorts of important forms of privilege that are really, really valued. I think that speaks a lot to the Olivia Jade thing because she wasn't going to college to get Mm. you know the stereotypical education she didn't want to be there and her parents knew that she was going there to have those class markers and to make sure she was still mixing in those circles even if she wasn't probably going to use the degree later the piece went on the practice of gaming the system to get your kids into college may reinforce some of americans most deeply held misconceptions about wealth and social standing experts say the idea that wealthy people have all worked for and deserve their wealth is and i quote a sacred value in this country piff said if we believe that rich people earned all their money we're more likely to put up with a big gap between rich and poor. By allegedly paying to get their kids into schools they wouldn't have been admitted to on their own, parents accused in this scandal may have been perpetuating this myth of meritocracy. That's also really fascinating to Mm. me because it's true. It is perpetuating the myth that rich kids are also working hard to get these spots. Now, I have no doubt because of the celebrities involved and the size of this scam. And also maybe some of the more ridiculous elements to the scam, like the photoshopping. Oh, and having that photo evidence that went into these articles and went all over social media. That was delicious. Yeah, exactly. And it was because of all of that that this story became global news, which just meant people didn't stop talking about it. And we're going to talk about more of the fallout after the break. All right, Zara, let's talk about the fallout, the consequences and the charges that were handed out for the people involved in the college admissions scandal. Colleges and companies alike took swift action to distance themselves from any public figure who was involved with this. So let's check in with Laurie Lachlan, her husband Mossimo, and of course their influencer daughter, Olivia Jade. Yes. So as a reminder, quickly, Laurie and Mossimo were accused of paying $500,000 in bribes and quote unquote donations to the University of Southern California via Rick Singer and fabricating both of their daughter's applications (laughs) in order to guarantee acceptance into the schools. As we mentioned before, Bella and Olivia were coxswains. <laughs> As part of their applications, both Bella and Olivia posed for photos on rowing machines. Now, this was done after encouragement from Rick as per Vanity Fair. Rick Singer wrote, It would probably help to get a picture with Bella on an ERG in workout clothes like a real athlete too. <laughs> like a real athlete. I know. Mossimo Giannulli reportedly and allegedly responded to this, Fantastic, we'll get it all. According to the documents, he sent the photo on September 7. The same request was made the following year for their youngest daughter, Olivia. 
Laurie Lachlan, it should be noted, was CC'd into these emails. Yeah. USC actually released a statement after these allegations were made public. I mean, this is super embarrassing for the university. They look Super. They look so poor as a result of all this. They wrote in their statement, we are aware of the ongoing wide-ranging criminal investigation involving universities nationwide, including the University of Southern California. USC has not been accused of any wrongdoing and will continue to cooperate fully with the government's investigation. They are technically right. Like, USC had not been accused of any wrongdoing. Now, Laurie and Mossimo didn't comment publicly on the scandal or their respective charges. I mean, probably because they weren't able to, but the companies that they worked with certainly did. (laughs) After the scandal broke, Laurie was fired from the Hallmark Channel and was not asked back to star in the final season of the Netflix revival Fuller House. Target distanced themselves from Mossimo despite not having actually worked with him for years. Remember, they actually purchased the brand. So they haven't actually worked with Mossimo himself. They said in a statement, we haven't had a working relationship with Mossimo Giannulli in over a decade and we no longer carry any Mossimo branded products in Target. The brand, I should say, does appear to still be stocked in Australian stores. But this is sort of a funny statement to me because Mossimo is probably looking on being like, yeah. So what? You already paid me yeah, 100%. years ago and now you're not even stocking my products. This is not my problem. But it's also embarrassing for Mossimo that brands he's not even Working associated with. with anymore are still so desperate. to. Like if that happened to me that a brand I'd worked with a decade ago put out this statement to be like, Ugh, no, we're not, no. nothing to do with her. I'd be like, oh, God, everyone. Yeah, that's me. such a good point. Arguably, though, I would say it was Olivia Jade who bore the brunt of public scrutiny and criticism in light of the scandal. As an influencer, she was definitely more of a public figure than her sister Bella. And because she had in so many instances expressed how much she didn't like school for her followers, it just was sort of a perfect storm. Mm, Unfortunately for Olivia, she really was the perfect target for the world's vitriol. Also, this was at a time when we really hated influencers. And I mean that culturally. There was so much commentary around influencing not being a real job. The backlash against Olivia on social media was just huge. In a piece for The Cut that was headlined, Olivia Jade's comment section is a hellscape, writer Ephelia Garcia Lawler explored Olivia's socials after the scandal had broken. She wrote, Jade's 1.3 million followers weren't thrilled by the allegations that her parents bought her way into school. Please do a video for how you prepared for the SATs, reads one comment on her Instagram page. Are you allowed to drink alcohol? You might lose your athlete scholarship. Be careful, says another on a photo that shows her posing behind a giant glass of wine. Absolute queen of rowing we stand, read. <laughs> okay, well... That last one's pretty yeah, funny. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it is worth noting, actually, that both Olivia Jade and Bella quietly quit USC after the scandal was revealed. We also mentioned in the last episode that Olivia had actually previously collabed with Sephora on a $28 makeup palette. But after the scandal, the company told Us Weekly, after careful review of recent developments, we've made the decision to end the Sephora collection partnership with Olivia Jade, effective. 
perspective immediately. Ooh, the paparazzi were, as you might expect, relentless in their pursuit of Olivia Jade around this time. TMZ published several stories featuring pap photos of Olivia and videos of her in which paps would repeatedly ask her question after question about the scandal. She did a pretty good job, actually, of ignoring them and just going about her day. For example, take this story from TMZ featuring Olivia on a trip to Ikea. The report read, Olivia Jade is putting her life back together one furniture purchase at a time. At least that's what it looked like as she left Ikea with a mystery man. Olivia didn't say much about the college cheating scandal for what it's worth. The pap grilled her though, asking if she'd been in contact with her mum and whether she was moving out. For her part, Olivia kept quiet for months after the scandal broke also because I think she had to. She didn't upload anything to her social media accounts until August 2019 when she finally uploaded a photo to Instagram and it was definitely a statement. Keep in mind, this is about four or five months after this broke. As per Grazia, the now-deleted post, and I quote, was a picture of herself with two fingers up tagging various media outlets such as the Daily Mail, Star Magazine and Perez Hilton with the hashtags close source says. Um, <laughs> just who's um, advising this? No one's advising it. I think she's just a teenager who's gone rogue. A Do teenager who might, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. she kept so quiet for four or five months, and she, then she just went bang. She probably had a big glass of wine and yeah. felt a little bit loose that day, and felt like she was sick of it, and it had all built up, and she wanted to go bang. Going bang was not the right thing to do, though. No. By early December 2019, nearly nine months after the scandal first broke, she finally made her return to YouTube with a two-minute long video titled Hi Again. We should note, she didn't say much in no. this, mainly because she couldn't and also, dare I say, probably smarter to sort of do the whole, hi, I'm back, but I can't talk about the scandal while the legal proceedings were still going because it's an easier way to move forward. Here's a snippet from it anyway, so you get a sense of the vibe. A part of me is like, should I come back to YouTube? I debated for like seven or eight months, like, well, if I can't talk about it, is there a point in coming back and not being able to say anything? There's no point in me just talking for 10 minutes to the camera about how I wish I could say something when I really can't. So I'm gonna leave it at that. Thank you so much for your patience or if you've stuck around for nine months just waiting. I really appreciate it. This is the best I can do and I wanna move on. Yeah, so as you guys can glean, not a lot said, but I agree with you, Zara. I think all that needed to be said was that she was coming back to social media and trying to move on. And move on, she really tried to do because she followed up that video very quickly with another video. It was like a simple get ready with me makeup tutorial. She like really wanted to kind of just be on this normal path, but the comment section absolutely would not let her. Yeah. Every time she posted something, her comment section would quickly fill up with backlash. It also didn't help that in April 2020, the photos that we've been talking about of the girls on the rowing machines for their applications were released by the court. And this sort of reinvigorated, I would say, a lot of the backlash. Mm. Because once you have that physical proof of them in their workout gear getting on the rowing machine... You are reminded of the ballsiness of this whole thing. Yeah, and I think you're reminded of Olivia Jade's involvement. Like, we don't know what she knew, but we know that she posed with a rowing machine when she never rowed. So, like, (laughs) it definitely doesn't look good. And I think as well, I wonder if this led to family tension because reportedly 
those photos being released was in response to Olivia Jade's parents, Mossimo and Laurie, attempting to get the case dismissed. Yes. It sounds like if they had just kind of acquiesced and gone with the flow and admitted wrongdoing and copped the slap on the wrist, those photos would have never been released. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to know for sure, but I think one thread in this is, yes, there was lots of reports at the time that there was family tension, and I wouldn't be surprised if there was. But also, and we'll get to this in a second, Laurie and Mossimo were pretty dogged in trying to say they weren't. They did nothing wrong. They did nothing wrong. And I think that drew out the process longer than it needed to. But as I said, we've got to get to these court cases before we can even get to how Olivia Jade even came back from this. So let's talk first about Felicity Huffman, shall we, Mish? Yes. Because on April 8, 2019, she pled guilty to fraud and made a statement to the court which read, I accept full responsibility for my actions and will accept the consequences that stem from those actions. I am ashamed of the pain I've caused my daughter, my family, my friends, my colleagues and the educational community. I want to apologise to them and especially I want to apologise to the students who work hard every day to get into college and to their parents who make tremendous sacrifices to support their children and do so honestly. My daughter knew absolutely nothing about my actions and in my misguided and profoundly wrong way, I have betrayed her. This transgression towards her and the public, I will carry for the rest of my life. My desire to help my daughter is no excuse to break the law or engage in dishonesty. Mm. Imagine how, oh, you'd be so upset if you were the daughter and you realised this was all going on behind the scenes. Yeah, I mean, as we said earlier... We actually don't know what the daughter knew, but Felicity says very much, no, she did not know this happened and this is deeply embarrassing for her and also really troubling. The other thing I quickly want to note as well is this statement came on April 8, 2019. Earlier we spoke about Mossimo and Laurie and those photos of the girls in the rowing machines being released to the public. I know this will sound a bit confusing for timelines, but those photos were released a year later. So Felicity Huffman had sort of laid down and said, I, I did this wrong, I'm pleading guilty, when a year later, Mossimo and Laurie were still fighting. Yeah, and I think we had all forgotten about Felicity Huffman, we, really. Yes. Because she, she laid down and copped it and said, I did the wrong thing, we all went, eh, well, what else can we ask yeah. for? Like, she served her time as well, by the way. On Friday, September 13, 2019, she was sentenced to 14 days in prison and a $30,000 fine, plus 250 hours of community service. And after that sentencing, again, she made a statement to Us Weekly, which read, I broke the law, I have admitted that, and I pleaded guilty to this crime. There are no excuses or justifications for my actions, period. She went on to say she'd learned a lot over the last six months, that she was really wanting to grow as a person and have a positive impact on the community, that she wanted to really make a contribution with her community service. And we all forgot about her. She did the thing that I think you should do if you've done something wrong. And we moved on from Felicity Huffman in 2019. Laurie and Mossimo went for a completely other strategy. (laughs) Yeah, they had different PR teams and legal teams. Let us tell you that. Laurie and Mossimo's experience was a slight bit more complicated. First of all, they originally pled not guilty to the charges of fraud, which dragged things out. The not guilty plea was slightly unusual in this case and the authorities naturally didn't like it. As per Rolling Stone, 
Lachlan and Giannulli, who were reportedly offered plea deals that would require them to serve about two years in prison, were slow to or refused to take the offer, leading to prosecutors hitting them with a superseding indictment, including additional and much more serious money laundering conspiracy charges, which come with a maximum sentence of 20 years in prison. So by initially pleading not guilty... The investigators and authorities got annoyed and said, fine, if you're not going to cooperate, we're going to make your life harder. We'll throw the book at you. Yeah. Laurie and Mossimo maintained their innocence for over a year as court proceedings went on into 2020. But eventually they did relent and they did plead guilty as per the New York Times. Laurie Lachlan frowned at times and other times nodded ruefully. When it was all over, after she had uttered the word guilty, she closed her eyes and sighed. If a federal judge accepts her plea, she is anticipated to receive a sentence of two months in prison under an agreement reached with prosecutors. So this was in May 2020, over a year after the original indictment. And keep in mind as well, Felicity Huffman has well and truly... Served her time, her two weeks in prison. (laughs) It's all over for Felicity. On August 21, 2020, Laurie Lachlan was sentenced to that two months in prison. Her husband was sentenced to five months as he was determined to have a more present role in the crimes than his wife. Mm. I mean, you might remember some of those emails we were talking about, about the photos and the rowing machines. Mossimo was the one typing them. Laurie was CC'd. I wouldn't be surprised if that had quite an impact. As per the New York Times, Miss Lachlan, who was acknowledged conspiring to pass her daughters off as rowers so they would be admitted into the University of Southern California, tearfully apologised. She said she'd believed that she was acting out of love for her children, but she now realised she'd only undermined them as well as contributed to inequalities in society. That realisation weighs heavily on me, Miss Lachlan said, and while I wish I could go back and do things differently, I can only take responsibility and move forward. <sighs> Interesting you didn't do that. <laughs> she just she just needed some time. Yeah. She needed some time to come around to that. Finally... We need to talk about the mastermind behind this entire damn thing. Of course, Mr. Rick Singer on January 5, 2023, very recently. And now 62-year-old Rick Singer was sentenced to three and a half years in prison for racketeering conspiracy, money laundering conspiracy, conspiracy to defraud the US and obstruction of justice. As per ABC News, in a letter to the judge, Rick Singer blamed his actions on his winning at all cost attitude, which he said was caused in part by repressed childhood trauma. So let's talk about Olivia Jade. Olivia Jade. Because Zara, as all of this was going on, Olivia wasn't charged with any wrongdoing and she wasn't punished by any kind of legal system. She was punished in the court of public opinion again and again and again. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's an understatement to say that when she tried to kickstart her influencing career again, that the internet wasn't kind about it. So in December 2020, in an effort to rehab her image, and now 21-year-old Olivia appeared as a guest on Red Table Talk with Jada Pinkett Smith, Willow Smith, and Adrian Banfield Norris. This was fascinating. It was the first time she'd spoken candidly about the admission scandal. And it took place while both of her parents were in jail. Here's a snippet of that interview. I'm super close with my parents, especially my mom. She's like my best friend. So it's Definitely been really hard not being able to talk to her, but I know she's strong and I know it's a good reflection period. I'm trying to look Mm, at the positives in situations, you know? Totally. And I know that it's a positive, that she's in there right now. She gets to really rethink everything that happened, kind of figure out, you know, when she comes out, what she wants to do with what she's learned through all of this. Right. 
This is such an interesting watch. I know you guys just heard a snippet of Olivia Jade talking about her mother being in jail and how she was dealing with all of that. But before she even appeared on the set, this episode showed viewers that Adrian, one of the hosts, was not keen on having Olivia Jade on their show at all. All. Adrian was very direct. She said, I just found it really ironic that she chose three black women to reach out for her redemption story. I feel like here we are, a white woman coming to black women for support when we don't get the same from them. It's bothersome to me on so many levels. Her being here is the epitome of white privilege to me. Now, that was Adrian's point of view. I will say Jada and Willow strongly disagreed. They both felt that everyone deserves a chance to explain themselves. Everyone deserves a chance to grow. They really unpack the race thing as well, which is a really interesting conversation you guys can definitely find and go listen to. But it's awkward. Imagine how awkward you'd feel to hear that conversation maybe happening and then walk onto stage and sit down and start your interview. Yeah, it's why people love Red Table Talk so much because you've got these three generations of women who are able to disagree with each other and do so on such a public stage and I just love them. I wasn't surprised that Olivia Jade chose this as a platform because truthfully a lot of people started to choose Red Table Talk as their Mm. platform to try and rehab their image. Now, Olivia didn't really say anything revelatory during her time on the show, I would say, but she did apologise for her part in the scandal without admitting to much. She said, for so long, I wasn't able to talk about this because of the legalities behind it. I never got to say I'm really sorry that this happened or I really own that this was a big mess up on everybody's part. I think what was important for me was to come here and to say, I'm sorry. I acknowledge what was wrong. And I wasn't able to say that for so long. So I think people almost thought, oh, she must not care. Mm. I wonder if that speaks a lot to her parents deciding to plead not guilty. Yes. Olivia also revealed that at first she didn't really understand what was wrong with what her parents did. She explained, I think that this has been a really eye-opening experience for me. I remember thinking, how are people mad about this? I don't really understand what's wrong with this. That frustrated me when I saw her say that. But then when I really sat with it, it made a lot of sense. If you grow up surrounded by privilege where everyone is playing to a different set of rules to the normal folk, those rule-breaking, rule-bending activities are normalised to you. You think everyone donates to the university that they're going to go to. You think everyone kind of has these legs up because all of your friends and all the people you're fraternising with are subscribing to the same system. Yeah, and this is where I found myself a little troubled by this whole thing, right? Because there's part of me that's like, yeah, if you're told that that's how the world works, you're told that's how the world works. But at what age does it become unacceptable? Mm. Do you know what I mean? Because Laurie Lachlan and Mossimo Giannulli could probably use that excuse as well, but they're 20 to 30 years older than Olivia Jade. Yeah. So it's like, at what point is it the responsibility of an adult to kind of, I don't know, step outside their own world and look at it for what it is. And that is what I'm trying to kind of get a hold on with this story. She also shared in the interview that she'd been volunteering at a local after-school program in LA. She said they were also little, but they were so grateful for that education, that after-school place that they could go away from their neighborhood. I was watching all of them and I was thinking about my situation and all that I took for granted. Yeah. On top of that, she also said that once this scandal became global news, she never went back to college. She dropped out of USC and never did another day of college out of sheer embarrassment and the shame of it all. 
I think this was probably the right step for Olivia Jade. I think it was good for her to go on this show. She didn't say anything hugely influential, but she didn't do a bad job either. I think she said what we would expect her to say, which is, I'm trying to grow. Uh, Yeah, I think it was fine. Mm. Like, I don't think she was ever going to sort of set the world on fire with it, but it wasn't horrendous. And I think that was like the general mood at the time. Mm. So where are they all now? So after serving her two-week prison sentence, Felicity Huffman did actually still have to do her 250 hours of community service. Earlier this year, it was actually announced that her first role since the scandal broke would be as a lawyer on the show The Good Doctor. Yeah. On December 29, 2020, Laurie Lachlan was released from prison after serving her two months behind bars. And around that time, she booked an acting role with the Hallmark Channel where she actually reprised a gig that she had had in the past. She was in the drama series When Calls the Heart. The name of that show doesn't really make much sense. <laughs> when calls the heart. When the heart calls. Yes, I'm not sure. <laughs> now, today, Olivia Jade is reportedly dating actor Jacob Elordi. They've been seemingly on again, off again since late 2021. She was recently featured on Dancing with the Stars in the US, <laughs> a classic pathway for the rehab image. She's still uploading regular YouTube videos and TikToks, both sponsored and unsponsored. And in the end, she never graduated from college. How do you feel about all of this with all the time that has passed? How do I feel? Certainly with not a huge amount of respect for Laurie Lachlan and Mossimo Giannulli. Mm. I mean, Felicity Huffman, again, a huge mistake. And for her to even make the mistake in the first place is just a massive misstep. But at the very least, luckily, she just said, I really fucked this up. Yeah. But Mossimo and Laurie... It sort of feels like, and this is me completely just guessing, they sort of feel like the couple that behind closed doors would still be wondering whether they did anything wrong. I agree. I think my takeaway from all of this is just the sheer audacity of it. Like the audacity to think that because you have some extra cash, you can cheat the system and you can get your kids places that other kids are far more deserving of without that money. Like it's just... It's such ugly, ugly, selfish behaviour. I think one thing that has definitely confused me in all of this, though, is that we're still not really talking about donations. That we talk about the front door, the back door and the side door and that the back door is, like, completely fine, that families are able to donate $10, $20 million to our college and get their kid in and that's deemed as fine. That's deemed legitimate. The sad thing is... It's America, baby. And I I don't see America changing. Truthfully, it's everywhere. I've seen and heard of it in Australia Mm. that a big enough donation can get you in the door somewhere. But I do find it interesting that they haven't been conversations to be had side by side. It's like we've ignored the donation conversation and and solely focused on the cheating. But to me, I guess it, it really depends on your definition of what it means to cheat the system. And I have been surprised about how little that's been touched on. But that is all we've got time for. As always, such a big thank you to our research, Eilish Gilligan, who was amazing. A big thank you to our audio editor, Annabelle Lee. Thank you, guys. We will be back in your ears next week with a fresh scandal. Until then, you can listen to us on Thursday for our pop culture wrap or come follow us on social. We're on Instagram at Shameless Podcast, on TikTok at Shameless underscore podcast. Bye. Bye. Shameless Media.
This podcast was recorded on Wurundjeri land. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. Hello guys, Mish here. I am the co-founder of Shameless Media. Thank you so much for giving us your ears and your mind and your time. We're so grateful. If you enjoy the stuff that we produce, may I recommend our brand new podcast, Style-ish. Style-ish, if you want to say it quickly. Style-ish, if you want to take the long way through. It is our podcast for all things fashion, brand, business, and beauty. If that is in your wheelhouse, if you care about style content, you will love this show. It is, of course, more than just a show as well. It is a newsletter. It is an Instagram feed. It is a TikTok account. There is so much good stuff going out on Stylish every single day starting now. So in your favorite app, search for Style-ish. Give it a listen. Give it a follow. We are an independent media company and we would be so, so grateful for all your support. That's all for me, guys. Check out Stylish and have a good one.